Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with the advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And please put unprofessional development in the How Did You Hear About Podgo? That will give us a little finder's fee. Thank you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very <laughs> clickable episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedesco. And I'm Mealy. And today we have with us Elsie Escobar. So some of you know her because she's famous from She Podcast, and some of you don't. This is the only podcast you've ever listened to, so you don't know that she's um, awesome like I do. But anyway, we're going to kind of get to know her, and you, you'll become um, quick fans. So one of the things I've, I've been doing this um, this year, Elsie, has been giving people different prompts instead of like give me your like bullet point bio and you know going chronologically or whatever i just kind of mix it up and make it make it fun so i want you to describe yourself as a smoothie okay and what goes into and what has gone into what makes elsie who elsie is today as a smoothie oh my yeah. god so but, but the ingredients don't have to be vegetables they could be like things that influenced you and what and and, and life events and all of that so it's a oh metaphorical it's a metaphorical smoothie yeah it's a metaphor oh come on i was like so into the whole like it has coconut in it <laughs> and it has all kinds of um, wild greens in it. Okay, that that's cool. And like those, uh, uh, yeah, I think that coconut and wild edible greens and cocoa nibs and some ashwagandha. All uh, all of those things. I don't know what ashwagandha water, is. Some fruit, some frozen fruit. I'm not quite sure exactly what. So, given all of those little bits and pieces, I think you know what really makes me a smoothie <laughs> is the mixture between. My heritage, my culture, mm -hmm. I come from very close to the equator. So I have a an affinity to anything that is warm and anything that's green and mm -hmm. anything that's spite, like not spicy as in like spicy hot, because mm -hmm. where I come from, spicy, spicy hot to eat right. is not a thing, but huh. lots of spice to the people. Um, and also being able to move into a holistic approach of living my life. Okay. Um, okay. where with, especially with, I'm really influenced by the, the teachings of Ayurveda, which is the sister science to yoga, which is the science of life. Okay. Um, it is sort of like the med the, the medicinal approach Okie dokie. To, to that um, cool. and aligning yourself with like, you, with your environment to live a holistic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things, mind you, I am obsessed with podcasting. So I didn't know how to like what that would be in a smoothie. Yeah, I don't. Well, who? That's the whipped um, cream on top. Yeah, is that what that is? That's, yeah. that's, that's the, the, the creativity. Smoothie and go, man, you would make this amazing. It's a not podcast. The, okay, it's not <laughs> the know, cre right? the creatine powder that that you put in to, to um. Because podcast is the straw. Oh wow! Podcast is the straw. Maybe that's what it is. The reusable yeah, with the metal big straw hole that's in good it for the environment. Yeah, totally. Yes. Well, well. But speaking of that, though, like, what was it that got you into podcasting? Like, were you like a huge listener before you got into being on the um, behind the scenes end and doing it yourself, or how did how did that happen? I think What's it the... happened all at the same time. 
Okay. Uh, because when I started to listen to podcasts, podcasts had just been born. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so I started listening, you know, shortly after that. Okay. So that, you know, histor- in, in the history of podcasts, yeah. they started to come into the scene around 2004, yeah. right? Right. 2004. At 2005, in December, I got an iPod, um, one of those little ones with the video, the video iPod, like the fifth mm-hmm. generation yep. for Christmas. And I didn't have any digital music at that right. time. So I had this like really cool, very expensive device oh. that I couldn't use because I had really nothing. Really nice paperweight though. In it. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I thought, oh my gosh, I have to find something. And of course you, you know, you synced it into iTunes and I had my little PC at that time that had mm-hmm. iTunes and it opened up. And of course I saw the music and I'm like, I am not going to be spending money on music because right. why should I? I had a crap ton of CDs all over the place <laughs> and I wasn't going to spend the same, you know, I wasn't going to buy it again. Right. I mean, right. who does that? No. And, so- <laughs> and you didn't have, I guess those pre being able to like, and I don't even know how this was done with, with, with CD burning. How did you eventually, could you get stuff that you already owned onto your iPod? Did that ever happen? I had to, um, I, well, my, my computer had the little CD thingy on the side. You turn them and into MP3s? I had to get there and then rip that music and put it on into iTunes. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go through that whole entire process every single time. And yeah. therefore, at that time when I was doing that, of course, that's what I was going to do. But I really wanted to use this thing right away. And of course, I wasn't at home when I got this device. Mm-hmm. I was not, I was at, at the Chris, at the home that I was celebrating Christmas at that point. Ah. And so I couldn't do all of the things. So yeah. I opened up iTunes because I wanted to use it and I yeah. saw this thing that said podcasts. And I thought, okay, what is this? And so I went in there and I just started to look through the iTunes store yeah. and focused on things that I was curious about. Right. And at that time I was teaching yoga full time. And so the, I'm such a dork. The first thing that I downloaded when I went in there was an anatomy class. Okay. Um, it was because at that time there were, they were, there were actually, it's, this is still available through uh, iTunes University, but at that time everything was together. So there were full courses, like complete courses of university, university courses Mm -hmm. that you could go. So I downloaded an anatomy course. And then I also, of course, I downloaded things like from NPR. I forgot which one, but it was like, you know, the like, one that everybody. Right. Listened. This American Life or this all Ameri- things. Exactly. So I okay. downloaded This American Life because those are things that I kind of knew. Obviously, yeah. you, you yeah. know those. And, and then yeah. I downloaded it. And, and that's what I, how I started to listen. Um, eventually, though, what happened is when I was in there at first, I, th- I thought like, okay, podcast. I had never heard of the word. Right. I, I didn't even. And oh, and at that time when you searched. You had like five results. <laughs> nice. And so then when, and then when I searched and then I found the results. Yeah. The definition was just as confusing as the term. So right. even if I yeah. was reading it, I was like, I don't understand yeah. any of these things. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. know what RSS feed right. was. I didn't know what MP3 really was. And yeah. I didn't know what it like, you know, enclosure tag. I was like, yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is now, even. It, uh, anyway. Now, like, I know. But at that time, it was like, oh, this is... Uh, I know what RSS people have no idea what enclosure tag is. Okay. Yeah. It's just I had no... So... Yeah. Uh, Those are the tags they put on animals before they release them into the wild. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good. That's right. Yeah, they do that with podcasters sometimes. That's 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 smart. That's right. We can track them. That's good. Oh my gosh! And, <laughs> but yeah, but so in the iTunes podcast area, right? Yeah. So they had a, 
of course, they had a podcast about podcasting. Yeah. And so I so meta, yeah. Downloaded that because I was curious. And who and who was that, by the way? It was my co-host from my other show. Oh, so that was Jess. Okay. It okay. was Rob Walsh, VP oh, of Podcast oh, Relations at Lipson. Okay, so that one I haven't podcast. listened to. It's still there. It's called Podcast Four One One. Cool. And it was essentially, I have a feeling, it was the very, very first podcast that was an interview format. Right. Okay? Right. Now okay. there's like so many, but at that uh, time, there's a few again, of them. <laughs> like that one, and and he would interview independent podcasters, like everyday type of podcasters, like right. we are. Yep. Versus the famous people that right. are doing the NPRs, you know, stuff, mm-hmm. and. It was fascinating to me, fascinating yeah. to have the sto- behind the scenes of these people who were in in all different parts of the world. And Rob would really get into the weeds. He's very uh, technically minded and mm-hmm. he really loves to know the stuff. So he would ask them, like you know, his first question was always like, "What was your first computer? And mm-hmm. and what's your and what's your microphone?" So everybody would talk about the tech, and yeah. I got riveted by the stories and how all of these people had really interesting podcasts. Like they were super different. And then, so because he had them on a show, I started to listen to these people's shows, right? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I started to listen to those people's shows, I thought I can do that because when I listen to this American life, yeah, that's hard to do desire to do that because I thought that's, really amazing. It's fantastic. All. I love it. It's fantastic to be able to do that. But I had no internal like, I want to design. I want audio design. I want to tell stories. Like I didn't have that feel. Yeah. And yeah. so when I started to listen to the shows that um, Rob was featuring on Podcast yeah. 411, they were very much doable. And I mm-hmm. thought, I have something to say too. There you I go. I want to do that. There you go. There you- so then I started down that rabbit hole. Cool. Wait, you're right? supposed to start with wanting to say something? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I just started talking and hoped the meaning would fill in at some point. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the that was the point. I think of the podcast, the ones that that yes, that's exactly the point. Like with mm-hmm. this American Light, I felt like you have to have a thing. You have to yes. have like the whole. Whereas with this, oh, it felt like I can just. Start. I've listened. I've listened to like um that record button. I was gonna say I've listened to Ira talk about some of the, the the process behind that. It is like for like a hour show or whatever, fifty some minutes, whatever it is. It takes them like six, eight months to make like yeah. each one. They've got like they've got like thirty of them that they're that they're all making all at the same time and gathering all these little pieces and then the sound and the editing and then the, all the oh I'm like that's lovely for you but but i can't i can't imagine um yeah. what, what that is we're more efficient than npr we're yes, way more we are. efficient That's what than, than npr Five. yes yes they spent, <laughs> they spent whatever totally. for those of you who don't know just, just listen to ours for the first time we just kind of ra- I, i'm i'm a podcast addict tedisco is kind of I'd, I'd say a podcast fan but i think i'm maybe a little deeper down the rabbit hole than you tedisco you're, you're far deeper down the rabbit hole though i do like a good podcast yes yeah and i, and I love podcasts Re- um, recently I've, I've been on a philosophize this kick Okay. Okay. All right. Good. I don't, well, I mean, I, I don't like know that one. <laughs> I've been listening. I, who have I been, who have I been listening to? Dark Dark Web Diaries is the, is one I've been listening to. Yeah. yeah. Darknet. Darknet Diaries. Darknet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because and because I know you're um and we had him on one time um and I know you guys are friends um uh Dave Jackson um yeah, yeah. was I listened 
So him and you are who the one, the, the, those are your, the main podcast about podcasts that I listen to. Not every week, but almost every week I listen, I listen to, um, you guys. And so I just, so and, and cause I love, I love, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. It's, it really is. And completely two different shows. Like very, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, a lot of the information is, is there's a big Venn diagram overlap of the information, mm-hmm. but, um, but then a lot of, but then a lot of stuff that he focuses on and that you guys focus on is, is, is very different. And his is a solo and you guys has that, um, has the, has the partnership vibe that, uh, that I like. I think, yeah. I think everyone should have a co-host. I mean, I, I, God bless you for your solos, but I think having a co-host makes my job 10 times easier. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 yes, I completely agree. But mind you though, it is really hard to find the right co-host. Yes. Cause there's been times when I've had people fill in. Mm-hmm. And it feels really, it's very, it's kind of very awkward. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's, I w- like, I know what both of my co-hosts are like, and mm-hmm. they're very different. They're very different. Like, they're not, they're, yeah. So I, I vibe with both of them. Yeah. They're vastly different, but I also know what to expect and where I need to step in and where I don't need to step in. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird when you have somebody you haven't worked with where you're like, where you you send them something and then it's like yeah and the fact that <laughs> the fact that me and Tedisco works well I think we both agree is a completely happy accident right like I, I kind of like we went okay, we talked well, there this, wasn't any planning or forethought there, very little other than like hey, there, there's a guy I know that <laughs> the other guy. I know that the other students at the school think he's funny and that he's cool so I'll like ask him if he wants to do it and then we both when we walked out of that first recording were like Hey. Hey. That, like, like, cause I had listened to other things. I'm like, it's supposed to suck when you first do it. You know what I right, mean? Right. And it's supposed to be weird. And we walked out and we're like, that was actually, that didn't suck, you know? <laughs> and then we like let other people listen to it. The best one was, um, Berenfeld to this guy. So we have, we have a mutual friend, Berenfeld, and he listened to it. And I see him like, like three or four days later, and he stops me, um, going from one part of campus to another. And he goes, he goes, Hey, I listened to your podcast. Because I'm your friend and I thought it was a nice thing to do. He's like, but I really actually liked it. I don't have to like lie to you. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's the best. It that really is. is it really is. It's you know so that your special moment and not that your mommy thinks you're a special moment. That's right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> we all want that. We all kind of want that. Yes, for sure. <gasps> okay. Yeah, having so- a co-host makes my life 50 times easier. Mostly because Mealy carries this podcast. <laughs> Oh, you do and, have to have that. Oh gosh. Oh yes, you're good. I was gonna say, but no. Well, but we both have the two things that we love. I love that. Um, I don't have to worry about any of the editing and any of the um stuff like that, and it just shows up in the RSS feed, and Tedisco handles that. And Tedisco likes that he doesn't have to do anything but show up like every other Saturday at one and three, and magically there's um um somebody on the Zoom to talk to and 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 questions to ask them. Yeah, that's good. Epimetheus I mean, it's. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's like, and especially that, what you're talking about, I think when it comes to podcasting, you don't, you both do need to have that sort of, um, that the things that you each do that are really the thing that you do. Mm-hmm. And I've never had to, with either one of my co-hosts, I've never had to be the one that's like, I want to do that. No, I want to do that. Right. You know, right. <laughs> like we just do what we do. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's nice to have parts. stuff to not do as well. Also, that's one of the benefits about having a co-host. It's, it's, it's really. Yes, it is. Wait, why are we making a podcast again? Because we like to watch movies and yell about them. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about 
Jackie acting, but they also talk a lot. But mostly Josh and Cassie. Yeah. About the movies. Hey, everybody. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. And we are the hosts of the brand new podcast, Josh and Cassie Yell About Movies. Each week, we're breaking down a different film and sharing our unique perspectives and holding nothing back. And fair warning, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast, so yeah, just be aware of that, please. Do we make jokes? Or is there anything else? Gosh, I hope so. I have fun laughing at you. Well, thanks. And we yell about movies, is that right? <laughs> That's right. We upload new episodes on Tuesdays, so hopefully we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. All right, so, Elsie, we, we've talked a lot about podcasts, but I, I want to switch it over to talk about uh, education and back to that education piece. So you made the decision to homeschool. Yes. Right? So yes. when did you make that decision? And um, what, what have you learned since you, you started uh, the homeschooling? Well, uh, gosh, I think that when I decided to homeschool the babies, right from the get-go, we decided. It was just a choice. At that, even at that time, we were living in an area that was not the best part of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were uh, we were in Pittsburgh at that time, and we just realized that putting them to school there would have been a challenge. Mm-hmm. And also, we we are yeah, and and if we wanted to have them in a sort of in a, I'm I'm using air quotes now in a better school, right? It was way too expensive for us yeah. to do that, you know. Right. So it was just like, ah, uh, you know, no, we're going to do this ourselves. And we started to very slowly and organically start to take the children as they started to grow into places where they could get as much education as they could, given all of the free the free um, options that were around mm-hmm. in, in Pittsburgh, like going to the library, taking them to like Spanish classes, going to reading things, you know, all of those things. Right. Um, and doing lots of time. And I was with them. Gosh, I mean, I've always been with them all day, every day. So <laughs> it's sort of like you, you just naturally teach them. You naturally right. teach. Right. It just became an extension them. of your parenting. Okay. okay. <laughs> but you know, what was really interesting is that I, we just started to do that. Um, and we have been. Very unconventional in the way that we homeschool them. Mm-hmm. We give them a lot of lived experience. We, we try to give them all the skill sets mm-hmm. that I think that one of the reasons that we wanted to homeschool too is because I felt that as a child, I was a real go-getter and I was really, really good at school. I was mm-hmm. very good at school, for right. sure. I mean, I, yes. I excelled in every aspect of school you possibly could. Um, obviously, my parents initially forced me to, but then I had like sort of like that inner desire to really yeah. be the best that I could. But I really did not excel at interpersonal communications, common sense, and just being in the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you, <laughs> and so you, I, so you could do I, the, you could do the academics, but when it came to like, as the kids say, street smarts, you didn't have that. Yeah. I had street smarts. I did because, and this is so weird. I did because I came from a third world country. And okay. when you come from a third world country, you know how to stay safe and you have yes. an extra like understanding of actually the evil and the darkness in the world is was really prevalent in my life when okay. I was little and young. So right. in that respect, I was yes. really so, great. Okay, so you had so you had the street smarts, but you Yes, didn't... I had that street, but I did not have the general conversational like how you speak up for yourself, mm-hmm. how do you um I really had a really hard time even buying something without my mom doing it for me, like going up and asking for things, uh, standing uh-huh. in line, filling out forms, 
Um, you know, that's just the basic things that will get me uh, further at yeah. times. Everything was very mental. And I happen to have been very intuitive in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. But there were a lot of things that I just, yeah. That and I I'm, not a, really I'm not a trained diagnoser person. Right. But um, do you consider yourself or were you ever diagnosed to be somewhere on the on the spectrum? I am, as of now, ADHD is like something that has come to my, like, it, it, I, I just been doing a lot of research and I'm, I'm going to walk through the path of diagnosis because I think one of my children is as, as well. We've been observing her. Mm-hmm. And then when, I, when I see like, she's a lot like the way that I was and in going down the ADHD research hole, I almost, I, I had a moment just a couple, like a couple months ago, maybe two or three months ago where I felt so angry because I saw myself in all of this and I thought, why am I almost 50? And I just found this. I was pissed. <laughs> I was so mad. And I was, you know, and it wasn't like a relief, like, oh, that's what it is. I was just livid. Wow. Because I just thought, like, this is insane. If yeah. I would have known, I could have avoided all of this other stuff heartache <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah so anyway but but yes and i do feel so there were little things like that and in watching both of my children i've been really intuitive in how they achieve and do things and learn and and what best works for each one of them mm-hmm. that i don't even understand how the school system actually does stuff like that like my little hd adhd child just barely yeah just barely i make a list we throw them in we throw them like, in a corner we we, we um you throw them in a corner no, I mean we tell them. So we tell them there's all sorts of lovely consequences for kids that that, that struggle to function inside a, a normal um, environment. So we do. We do. I mean, I'm not saying there's not there's lots of lovely things that they do for them as well. There, there, there yeah, really is, no. and there are lots of teachers that do really really great things for them. But there are also like a lot of times where they they slip through cracks and they they yeah. um, have a lot of challenges due to the fact that they just the the, the boxes that they they don't fit in the in the box very well. Yeah, and you know one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my first and that what I had to let go of. Oh, let's stop for just a second and tell us, oh, tell yeah, us what, what their ages are right now. Oh, right now, um, 12 and nine. Okay, cool. Okay. So, um, when my first, we started to do this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, teaching them, you know, when she, I don't know, around three, four, like that, just to, no, obviously just right. to letters, numbers, colors, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 We started to do that. And I was obsessed with looking at stuff going like, when should she oh, insert no. whatever oh. the thing is, right? Oh, no. Oh. When does she need to know yes. the thing? That's... When does she have to write oh. the stuff? Oh. When does she? And I was obsessed with that. And yeah. like, it feels good when they're behind. ahead, but it's horrible if they're behind. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I was, like, totally holding my her and being stressed every time. She doesn't know this yet. She doesn't know that. Oh, wait, yes. we, need to, we need to have her do the thing because right. she's ex- now you know mm-hmm. and my husband was like chill out <laughs> <laughs> she will be fine she's fine yeah. she's fine yeah and i was like but 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 you know and he's like just relax and mm-hmm. i remember thinking i was so stressed out about her reading like i i was trying to in some way like I, i'm sure she felt me being like oh my gosh she needs to read now she needs to read right and <laughs> i was trying to relax but i was really just wound up about the whole thing because as a stay like as somebody who's homeschooling right i thought how is this even gonna happen yeah. because i've never done this before right yes. i've never taught anybody to read right so then i thought i don't even know how this is how is this gonna happen because it right. looks like she's not doing it mm-hmm. and then 
one day she just started. Then one day she just read. She started yeah. reading. And I thought, what? It, she just was ready. And right. she just started reading. Like, it, yeah. she just did just it. Like, just like walking sometimes. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it, you're like, oh, we're going to help them. We're going to get this little, we're going to do these exercises, whatever we're going to do. The ability is in there, but for whatever reason, they just haven't unlocked it or tried yeah. it. I remember with one of my kids, I'm like, I know they can walk. I, I see how strong they are. They just need to let go of the couch and, and start, and start walking. You know, as soon yeah. as they do, they'll be fine, but they don't, they don't, they don't want to try yet. And when they yeah. do, they do, you know, and, and I think that can be yeah. with a lot of things that you learn. Yeah. yeah. So that to me was, it's, it's yeah. been a, it's always a challenge for me to navigate my own yeah. expectations and, of that are self. And so my husband would always say, why are you feeling this way? And the majority of the answer was always like, because you're supposed to. And then he would go, who said? Right. And then I would go. You have a wise husband. I, what? You have a wise husband. I have a very, no, I know I do. That's a sentence most people get to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's really, really grounded and he's really solid. Very, mm-hmm. he, he's a very smart man. And so. He would just go, who said that? And then I would just come up with like, well, you're supposed to because by the time you're – and he goes, who said that? <laughs> and so then I would have to see that I was so um, caught up with with just rules that I had. And, then, and again, that goes back to the way that I was raised, yeah. which was all around rules and guidelines and following this and never really questioning what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. which – which part of the, the entire reason where I did feel that I had, I failed in certain parts mm-hmm. is because I knew how to navigate the system of rules. So yes. I was amazing at getting amazing grades mm-hmm. without learning anything. Right. I was amazing at filling out test forms. You can game the system. I yeah. totally was so good at it. Yep. 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 I finished, you know, college three in three years. So the fourth year, because I had accumulated all the stuff, I just hung out. It was amazing, by the way. It was so, it's such a great, wonderful year that year. Because yes, I had like go. three classes and I was just like, woohoo. And I still yeah. was like, you know, got like really great grades and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. But I had figured it out so that I got everything taken care of. And then the last year I just was chilling, which yeah. is great. I mean, that's It good. is nice. Yeah. But I, 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 did, I, mean the, I did the opposite way. I was oh, chilling you? from the beginning, and then that's why I flunked out of college the first time oh because I was I was just straight up chilling from the get go. You know, <laughs> then I had to go back when I was older and 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 um, work really hard and, and do all the other stuff that you did. So yeah, I, I'm the porch that Goldilocks chose. Then I just nice four <laughs> years and did all right. Well, that's good. See, I know. See, that's good. That's also good. But it, yeah, for sure. But anyway. All I'm saying is that I've learned a lot in the journey of what, of questioning myself as well. Like, what is it that they truly need to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I keep going, like, what is essential to them? That's very, very important. In this yep. world? Yeah. And what is it that they need to know in order to do that? And so I, I've had to sort of reverse engineer the skill set that they need mm-hmm. in order to succeed at doing these things. And, you know, my nine year old is, is, again, very, very smart. She's my. What I do, which we have not been diagnosed, but we've been, we're in the process of getting that. Yeah. But I can, you know, I mean, I can kind of see it. But right. her thing is, just the other day, we had a card and um, her, her grandma had mm-hmm. a birthday. Yep. And I, all they had to do was sign their name. Yep. And she's sitting there and she started to cry. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is happening? And she goes, I don't want to. 
I'm like, you don't want to sign your name. She has a name. Her, her name is May. It's M-A-E. Right. Like, you just, and she knows how to, I mean, again, she knows how to write. Like, yes. She knows how to write and read. Like, all yeah. of this is known. It's, she's great at it. Yeah. She writes me, I mean, she's great. But she started crying. And I'm like, what's the matter? She goes, I hate my handwriting. Oh. And she had a complete breakdown. Wow. Wow. And I was like, what is the, and then she finally revealed to me, she is, she has a sense of shame in being judged by mm-hmm. her handwriting, which is yeah. all in her head. Right. She's a nine-year-old. Yeah. Well, she's comparing herself writing. to just just like you were comparing to to some standard that yeah. is just random. I mean, it's not, it's not completely random. Someone made it up based on some average or of right. that they've done of other kids, but it's some standard that that doesn't mean that your handwriting should be this or ever or at mm-hmm. this age or whatever. But yeah, sometimes you know, and and nine-year-olds can be. There's a very she's got a good a lot of self-awareness, which is is, is super positive. But um, but then to be comparing herself to that is yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. So we have to talk through. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like I don't want her like that for me. From for me to be able to explain to her, you have to understand the difference between the reality of what's happening and what your brain is telling you that is not true. Yeah. I'm not the one that's going to be able to tell you that all nope. the time. And part of it is that you have to understand it. You have to be able to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so we sat there and I, you know, and part of it is the stress that she felt with all of us going like, just write your name. Yeah, we got to put this in the envelope. Honestly. And so we stepped away, let her do her thing, mm-hmm. had her, you know, calm down a little bit. And then she can like write her little name down and being able to like understand and navigate that process. And for her to know that we can talk about it and go, that's in your brain. Your brain is making you think these things. We have to figure out how you can stop that process so that you can get the thing done. Because she can't. She's insane. She's amazing at doing everything. But she's also a perfectionist, right? She's like, when you were talking about walking, (laughs) most kids are like, you know, like, like holding the wall and like, oh, I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go that way. You know, she was like in the middle of the floor. She just stood up and took off. And I'm like, wow. what the? She, she did that for bike riding as well. Yeah. Her, sister, got- her daddy spent two months helping her to like pushing her and, yep. oh my God, you got it. And like, he was like, you know, kinesthetically letting her know like how to like wear the balance, all this stuff. Yes. This one just got on the bike and just took off. You know, wow. she, she wow. just does things. She just does it. And so when she doesn't do things perfectly right off the bat, she gets really disappointed yeah. in herself. Oh, that's, that's tough. When you, when you can do it a lot of times and then you find the areas that you can't, mm-hmm. it can be extremely frustrating. I, I was going to say two things. First of all, parent tech, okay? Okay. Next time, just if it ever happens again or you yeah. have another nine-year-old or eight-year-old, you just take your non-dominant hand and you write your name with that so it looks like a kid wrote it, okay? Okay. So, oh. and it, <laughs> Forget, you know, sorry, May or whever. I'm, it, it, it's, it's going off to grandma now. I'm putting a stamp on and we are, we are done. We don't have to worry about you anymore. You can it's sign a conversation. Right. You can sign oh one. You can God, sign one next year. Brilliant. <laughs> second, second of all. So yes, that's, that's the stuff that our listeners tune in for. Yeah. You never know those yeah, yeah. gems you're going to get. But, uh, <laughs> second of all. Perfect. Um, I actually literally had this conversation and, and it's, re- it's related to all this. And we were talking about like tr- traditional school is that we expect kids to be doing X by this age. Right. And because of that, what that leads to so much of is social promotion. Because what happens is, well, they can't do it in fourth grade. Well, well, that's not that. 
I, we're sorry about that, but they're going to now be this old, so they need to be in this grade, you yeah. know? And so we're like, push them into that grade, but they're not ready for it because yeah. they're, they're, you know, ahead, behind or whatever it is. And you're like, nope, that's, you're, you're nine, you're in this grade, you're 13, you're in that grade. And it's like, why? That, that doesn't make any sense. Just, why don't you do it when you're actually like, your daughter is ready to do it, you know? Yeah. If you're ready early, <laughs> woohoo! If you're ready a year or two later, Woohoo then, you know what right. I mean? It, 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 you'll, you'll get there. And so that's, I, that's a luxury, I guess you have with homeschools that you can kind of have, kind of, oh, yeah. um, do those things that are at things that make sense for the, for the individual. And, and here's what, what else I appreciate about that story. Like if you took that story, you translated it to a traditional classroom. And, and this is why I really appreciate homeschool because I know for a lot of people, homeschooling has a stigma, right? Mm-hmm. But, like homeschooling is so beneficial and there's so many, I mean, like how many times have we had a kid in our classes either so advanced or so far behind that we just shrugged our shoulders and said, I guess I'm not doing anything for them. Right. Unless I'm going to like, can ig- we do? I can't ignore 22 kids and just spend like an hour with you because you are so different from these other ones. Maybe I can put you on some kind of website or give you some kind of activity to do that's different, but that's not anywhere near getting my attention or the majority of my lesson planning brain. Right. Right. Like, if you think about it in a traditional classroom, there's like, okay, you need to do this, and then the kid breaks down crying. How many teachers will just go, like, go to the office and then move (laughs) on with their day? Yeah. Like, homeschooling is is a really wise decision for a a lot of students who need it, and and for a lot of people who who can, uh, who who have that ability. Right, who have the resources to be able to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you're homeschooling. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say that, and that's, I'm, I'm sure, a challenge for you when you were talking about wanting to check those boxes that you're arguing with your husband about who says, mm-hmm. is that you have to fight that, well, you know, I'm, 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 you're comparing to what the other school's doing, and is my is my 11-year-old, and if my 11-year-old can't blah, 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 right. when I go meet with parents who don't homeschool, and they say, did they read such and such? Are they, yeah. do they know yeah. how to do their times tables? Do they, and you're like, and if you tell them like, no, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, homeschool. I get it. You know, yeah. and like, it's because <laughs> it's, I mean, it is, it's like one of those things where you do feel you, there's so much of it that you do feel like a little like, oh my God. Right. And, and, and even within school, homeschooling communities, there is that as well, because yeah. there are different programs that have different types of focus mm-hmm. things that you do right and and they are established to support i think the the primary value system of the home and and sometimes it's very hard to find to find like a balance between all of that as well yeah because yeah. they're all of them also have really strong things that you're like oh my gosh that's really great mm-hmm. but there's other aspects where you're just like i'm not sure i want that yeah yeah you know yeah. i'm not sure that that's the yeah no and what I am finding now, too, is that the resources for homeschooling for elementary school is pretty solid. Like, there's a lot of stuff yeah. for that. And oh, yeah. we can teach at an elementary school level. Like, there's right. a, there's enough of... Your comfort with the content is, yeah. is really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can get a lot of... Yeah, totally. And you can remember things. And you go, oh, yeah, I remember when I did that. Or break things down. And it's not too hard. Like, yeah. I, I do have to spend some time with, like terms when it comes to grammar mm-hmm. um even though I'm, I'm 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 a good writer i don't remember how to name all the things you know yeah. and so a preposition like, okay. versus a predicate yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't remember that has been a long time since i had to name all the things or mm-hmm. or i know what it is but i can't i don't have a definition for you that i can just say mm-hmm. right? Yeah. right so um i have to spend time you know doing things and, like and that and just keep dodging the question 
how do commas work? And you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm still go. having a problem with that as well. But anyway, um, and now there's America yeah, is having a problem with that. Yeah. Yes, I have. I have a comma problem. Like yeah. I put commas in all the places. My, I I like, don't. I'm, I'm a math teacher. I use dashes, even though the name people have well, I was just going to mention I dashes them, are a thing in, now. Too. I use them intermittently all the time. I, I they just break yeah. up phrases and thoughts and ideas all the time. And yeah. it, it, people probably English teachers probably see my writing and and, and just cringe half the time. But but no, I'm just like, say you're influenced by Emily Dickinson. They'll be very impressed. <laughs> cool. I, I will say that. Did Is she that use, how it goes? Yeah. Did she use yeah, a lot of dashes? I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. We should do we should all do that for sure. But but now now that my you know, my daughters are starting more towards the path beyond elementary school, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm getting a little worried because then I'm like I don't know what's the mo- and that's when I'm I'm kind of sitting back thinking like it's a balance between the things that they do need to know over mm-hmm. like the structure of what the classes are like in school where yeah. you have your history class and your English yeah. class and your PE and, you know, all those mm-hmm. things and where she is, where she is naturally moving towards in her yeah. everyday engagement with the world. So yeah. right now, you know, they're really into designing um, these characters and these like mini sort of video okay. clip things. I cool. don't even know. And like they add music to it and they like animate it and then nice. they do like all of the stuff and then they and then they'll share it with each other and and they're layering things and yeah. so there's like all of this and they're, they, they're doing graphic design and animation. Yes. Yes, yes. exactly. And so awesome. then I'm when I'm thinking about that I go, okay, so because there's obviously this is this is a this is a skill. This is something mm-hmm. that people pay for. This is something they love to do. So how do you like layer the things and, and, and continue to help them with that and then keep the 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 rounded other Yeah, to check the, the other boxes that people supposedly that they think yeah. that you need to check. Um I mean, yeah. I mean at that age in art class I was just making like hand turkeys. So nice. I'm pretty sure learning how to like tinker with computers and graphic design will probably help them a little uh, more. Right. Well see this is and so what? It's, you didn't grow up to get a hand turkey drawing job? <laughs> If my hand turkey came to life, I would scream and run. What does your dad do? He works at the hand turkey factory, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh! He's really good at it. He's got he's got his thumb is double jointed, like Marcy Birnbaum's was in. in my sat next to me in third grade. Her hand turkey was the best because she could bend her thumb back and was had a completely different thing. But anyway, sorry. Love you, Marcy no, Birnbaum. But- yeah, but it's true. Oh my god, look at that. That's he's crazy. My first real crush. Oh my goodness, she's beautiful. But anyway. <laughs> Oh Sorry. God. Yeah, that's, that's what. That's, what are we talking about? We're talking what about hand turkeys, about? obviously. Hand turkeys. <laughs> no, we're talking about um, Elsie's Elsie's daughter and her um, skills. But we had a um, person on. Her name is Janet Lasol, and she does something called unschooling. And I don't know if you're yeah, familiar yeah, yeah. with this. I've heard of unschooling. And sure, she yeah. she wrote a book called Taking a Ride on the Chicken Bus or something like that. Uh-huh. And she. Adventures by Chicken Bus. Adventures by Chicken Bus. And so she literally like sold everything she owned and went, um, was it Honduras? Cause you're from Ecuador, right? I'm from El Salvador. El Almost. Salvador. El Salvador. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. My bad. Very she, close to Honduras. Much closer okay. than Ecuador. Right? But she went, but she went to, Hon- she went to Honduras for like two years and just like 
went on like an adventure um and had her kids learn by just doing that and then her she talked about you know in more details in the other in the episode but her daughter was really into theater and so she took her to this thing and now her daughter has like this theater career and she didn't really like worry if her daughter checked all the other boxes right. because she's like this is what she wants to do and and who cares if she knows like you know this little factoid or yeah. whatever whatever it is thing or have read this book that you know every other one else everyone else read when you know when they yeah, when they get the fact of the matter is once they need information if you teach them how to learn they can teach learn they it. can like, teach yes and this is why i'm so i'm impressed with a lot of even some of the jargon that they're coming up with that they're telling me about mm-hmm. um, and i'm like i don't know how they're learning how to do this and just the like and then they have this little app that they're working it's not a very sophisticated app at all mm-hmm. But they are, what I'm really impressed at is the amount of layering that they do. So they are, even though the app itself is not that sophisticated in the way that it it actually has a lot of built-in functionality already, what they're doing is they're layering uh, the movements, like the animated aspect of it, the the music. They are able now to download... And this is, and I can we give the app a shout out? What, what's what, what's the name of the app? Do you know the name? Oh my God, it's Gotcha. It's Gotcha Life. Gotcha, Gotcha something. It's like okay. there's a whole entire community around building these crazy little things. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. And so I've been watching all the stuff, and there's like a whole like Gotcha community in the where they all create these little thingies, and they're usually on TikTok. My girls are not on social media, right? But they and see, this is you can never stop them. No, they're not on any social media, right? But there are they, they are allowed to go on YouTube, even though there's like restrictions, and not right. they don't have a YouTube app. I removed their YouTube app, YouTube <laughs> app, but they go on Safari and they like yeah. look at you, YouTube videos, and so they found a way to download. They actually take screencasts, yeah, of the YouTube videos, ah, and then and they, they rip they, the, the in, audio. In, oh, into the into the um thing that they're making, yeah. And wow. I, they, they found all these hacks of yeah. how to do this thing. And, and I'm see, like, oh, my God. This, my students still can't put stuff in Canvas. <laughs> but, um, and see, we're like almost full circle there with like you and just kind of like finding podcasts almost by accident and yeah. then going and then showing, oh, look what this person's doing. Let me see if I can figure out how to do that. It, it's very, very similar to what you're doing. And now like um, podcasting, like that's what. Podcasting pays your bills mostly, right? Yeah, it is. I've been right. I mean, it's like I would have never in a million. Years, I mean, you couldn't have even. Be, I didn't even exist. It's not like right. I was born. I'm like I will be in podcast. Podcaster, right? I'll be a I'm podcaster when I grow up. Yeah, no one said that when when we were growing up, right? No, and I mean, and, and that's why I I really believe in the skill set that it has given me because even even starting out just doing the podcast itself, right? So I started doing the podcast. It forced me when I did the podcast. I knew zero about mm-hmm. digital anything, like nothing. So I had to figure out how to, number one, record audio. Yep. I had to figure out how to edit audio. I had to figure out how to build a website or like, how do you even do that? I right. had to figure out how to put, I remember every time, how do somebody put a picture online? Like what, <laughs> how do you, how do you format? Like I looked up into HTML. I broke down HTML. I figured out what those tags were. I figured out how to put the thing on and where it needed to go. I understood so many different aspects of it, like mar- marketing, copy, like all of mm-hmm. that stuff I didn't even know how to name. And yeah. it sort of, I just started doing it and then I got better at it because obviously when you know what the name is, you, you, what you were just talking about, you search for it. You go yep. like, what 
is this and how do I make it better? And design, like all kinds of stuff that I now know how to do because I started with a podcast and I had to do all the things that you needed to do for podcasting. So, and yeah, and that skill set helped me build my business around podcasting. Right. You were actually homeschooling yourself at that point. Yes, totally. And look (laughs) in 10 years what I've done. (laughs) Crazy. Sunday, 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 June 27th. Join us for Edupodlooza. There will be over a dozen Edupodcasters. Listen for some rhythm and rhyme. That's a poetry slam, boys and girls. Roundtable discussion. Just some teachers talking about teaching and laughing and having a good time. Role-playing games. Oh, yeah. For you nerds out there, you know you're going to like that stuff. Radio drama. Dum-dum-dum-dum. And really funny people. At least really funny looking, if nothing else. 1 to 9 on June 27th, Eastern Standard Time. We'll be live streaming. There'll be links. We'll put it on the Twitter. We'll make sure that you know where it is. Follow us at Unprocast if you're not already, because that's probably going to be the easiest way to know when it's going live. June 27th. Free up your calendar now. Thank you. So, like, the two things I wanted to ask you before we finish up here is because I think we've really covered a lot of the parallels between homeschooling and teaching people about podcasting because I know that you help people that are wanting to learn how to podcast. And if you can also kind of maybe give us some, like, some ideas of how teachers could use podcasts and podcasting to um, facilitate learning in their classroom. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, the whole entire podcasting thing for me was um, when I first started it, and I always say, like, it podcasting saved my life. Uh-huh. Because as I, as I mentioned before, I had a really hard time with that whole interpersonal communication kind of stuff, speaking up, you know, going in lines and like, I felt like, you know, and asking for something like if my mom gave me like, you need tears, $5, go get me some gum. Right. I was like, oh, like the anxiety that it brought me was insane. Like, um, there was just, it was just extra for so many different things of advocating for myself in public spaces. Yeah. And mind you, I... <laughs> I was an actor. I was on stage. Like, there's so much weird, bizarre things yeah. that don't make sense that I'm, I'm yeah, a huge paradox. Compartmentalize stuff. Things, yeah. But at the same time, I'm able to do it in the way that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that way, it makes me feel safe. I'm also yeah. pretty introverted. It's very different when you're on stage. Yes. Isn't it? It's bizarre. Because when you're yeah. presenting to other people, there's really no interaction there. Yes. Like, you're kind of just pretending they don't exist. Mm-hmm. When you have to, like, be on the same level as them. Mm-hmm. No, nope, It's so much. Not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so even when I was teaching yoga classes, like, I would get essentially on stage and I would teach these really great yoga classes and people loved my classes. And, you know, I, I have a lot of energy and I, I know what those that skill set is for me that I have that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Of helping people be inspired. But yeah. the minute that I'm off the class, like it was like hoodie on, like, you know, don't talk to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's like, it's like, that's, it's over. I've given it. You go yeah. now. You don't, you don't come and no. try and be my best friend. I don't, I don't, I'm, that's not me all day, every day. That was my thing. <laughs> but anyway, coming back to the fact that the, the act of podcasting, of having to know that I was being recorded, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the skill that it gave me in having the mic in front of me and having to be clear when I spoke yep. and not having the out of mumbling of, uh-huh. of, of saying things like this. Is <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, I had to, I had to really say it yes. and I had to, and it's on all of that really built my confidence when it came to speaking 
as myself. Yeah. Because like we talked about before, when I was acting and all that stuff, I'm pretending to, I'm acting yes. like this other person, yeah. not like me. And right. this had to, this gave me that skill set and it really provided the option for building that like public speaking skill, yeah. Are, yeah. are being articulate, being able to read and sound like I'm not reading, like mm-hmm. all of those things were very important to me. So I do think that this is a value for a lot of people. And it's also what I see as, especially for teachers, I, I talk about this all the time. It's sort of like there are some kids who are really great at public speaking all yeah. the time. They're just really comfortable and all whatnot. But there are some some that need, it's kind of like learning, to, you need like, you know, riding a bike, you need those little like uh, safety training wheels, wheels yep. right? The training wheels. Mm-hmm. I find that the microphone can be a training wheel. Interesting. Because it's like, it's in front of you and you can speak it and you can have a time of testing of like speaking out, but you're mm-hmm. only speaking into the mic. It's, it's a sort of a yeah. detached, it's something in between yeah. that's keeping you safe. And it yeah. gives you the option of practicing. So that to me, right? Has been you know, great. No, the kids that now know they, hey, you know what? If you mess up, you just record it again, record it again, or exactly. you edit it out the little the blips or whatever. And here's your public speaking, and it's going to be, um, and it's going to be awesome. And there's like mm-hmm. millions of public speakers who are on who like that's the only way that they can public speak well, you know, yep. because by by having that edit button, by having that the multi um, takes, and where it looks like they're really polished and trained but they're but they're really as rough as anyone else would be going up and speaking in front of people so yeah Yeah. so to me it was really that has been very important and the other aspect that i think you know in terms of education being able to tell a story being able to do all the bits and pieces that we talked about before where you have to do a script or you have to do an outline and keep a conversation going and staying on point or not staying on point on purpose Mm -hmm. understanding how to craft um, a podcast episode from start to finish, like how right. you introduce it, where's the chunk of content that you have, is there music in there, do you really need the music, how long is it going to be, and the skill set that it takes to edit. So even being able to edit is really, I think, a powerful thing as well, because you get an opportunity, like especially for folks who are maybe reading is not their the way that they really um, capture the world or they have a harder time reading and maybe Mm -hmm. writing, maybe with listening, they can take off, you know, certain words and they can hear that that edit point was really great. Then it can translate to the written word and see like, see, this is why we remove these sentences because they're not necessary Mm -hmm. and it still carries the same meaning. So there's all of those layers with my girls. They've been exposed to me recording so much Mm -hmm. that they're really that that language is part of their world. Like even right now, I said, I'm going to go record a podcast interview and they know exactly what I'm doing. They know yes. to leave me alone. They know they know what I'm doing. Yeah. And they've also been exposed to microphones all their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I've had them record. When I get a new piece of gear, I'll set them up and I'll yeah. let them play. Yeah. I let them play recording and, and it's been really fun for them. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, Hunter, this year, she got an opportunity to record. She wrote a story. Like there were submissions for um, a, a podcast called, I think it's called Ochenta Stories. Mm-hmm. And it was stories about quarantine. It just happened right. like right as we were getting into quarantine. I would say mm-hmm. like in June, she might have recorded it. She And yeah. then she was asking. I remember you talking about it. I remember, yeah, I remember you mentioning so she, it yeah, on, on your podcast. She, she submitted her story. It was like a five minute little thing. It was about her. Um, waking up, um, thinking she was going to go to school because we had a homeschool co-op that we yep. went to. 
and thinking that she was going to go up, go to school and then realizing that she wasn't going anymore. And then realizing that today was the day she was going back and the <laughs> happiness that she felt going back to school. Yeah. And, um, she, she read the story. Like mm-hmm. I put her down and go, yeah, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. And I, she, I just sat her down and she read the story essentially in one take. Mm-hmm. Then I came back, I listened and then I gave her a couple of notes and mm-hmm. I said, this is a point here. This, this point needs a little like more emphasis. This is where like I, I kind of directed her a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. then she did it again. And then I, I cut it together and sent right. it over, but it was, it was so good. And she didn't realize, I don't think she realizes how good she is. She's really, really, <laughs> really good at that stuff. Like most people are like, what? And you hear her voice and she just has a natural, I think it's, she, I think she mimics me. Ah, uh, yeah. And so yeah. then when she hears how I read or how I bring emphasis and stuff, or maybe it's a totally, it's not that she mimics me. Maybe that is a talent that she also has. Right. That she's able to convey. It's hard to tell nature and nurture sometimes. Yeah, yes. totally. But it's great. It's great. Her, her whole thing. I was just like, she's so Oh, what a proud mama. Yes. I know. Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, I'm going to pick on you just a little bit, okay? Oh, gosh. Okay. And maybe it's happening. Maybe it isn't happening. And I'm not And I am not a drinker. I haven't, I haven't had a drink in over 25 years. Uh-huh. But I think every time you say the word thing would be a good She Podcast drinking game. Or like. Because, yes. oh, my gosh. Yes. Thing and like. You're, you should see my – But you and um, Jess always say all the things. All the all things. All the things. I'm constantly saying that. It is Now I'm using it in my copy. It's crazy. <laughs> How I'm marketing with all the things. Um, you need a, all the, yes. you should have a She Podcast t-shirt that has all the things on it. You really like should. <laughs> it's like, it literally, it's Come to thing. She Podcast Live for, for podcast, all the things. Stay for the things. And stay yes. for the things. All the things. Because all the things. it's just too, it's, yeah, everything. All the, all the things. It's anyway. the most singable podcast out there. Oh, oh. I mean... If, if you did an unprofessional development drinking game, then Mealy, let, let's swing that judgmental pendulum back on ourselves. Yes, fairness. Sure. What, what would it be? would be? Every time I uh, mumble at the end of a joke and everyone misses the punchline. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we already had the one. Every time I mentioned the fact that I had Tony Danza on the podcast, drink right, again every now. Time I mentioned Tony Danza. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> it's hard. You know, those who edit know all the things. Yes. Because. <laughs> He, he honestly, the other day he was, he, he told me, he goes, you need to stop saying like, it's time to do it. And then he sent me all oh, wow. of the, he, he, he gave me a deep cut. Like oh. a super cut of just every like? Yes. Oh, oh, and he sent that's it to painful. Me and, I, and I was. Underneath oh, it, did oh, he have, uh, in the hall of the mountain king playing? Because I find that's the most effective way. Well, I have no <laughs> idea what that, that is. I don't get that reference, but I'm glad Elsie does. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's like, yeah, see, I can't stop. And so I, it was so, it's so hard to be able to do that, but I, I am so thankful for him and I, it didn't hurt my feelings at all. And again, I say that to the girls and that was something that was a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. I played it for them. Yeah. And I said, oh, wow. The first step when you are looking to particularly speaking out and using your voice, yeah. the first step is to see the subconscious, to see what you do unconsciously yeah. so that you can pick it out. And part of it is that you have to feel it. You got to mm. feel it in your mouth. You got to feel yeah. it in your body. Oof. And so in that respect, they, I want them to understand that because that's part of 
of life. Yeah, and, and a growing. lot of the time when it comes to speaking, we mm-hmm. say things, but we don't feel them because they're, again, they're subconscious habits yep. that we have about the way that we use our language or the way that we use the words or the way that we finish sentences. And maybe mm-hmm. somebody's like this the whole time, right? <laughs> and then like, and, but you have to understand what that feels like or what it sounds like so that you can stop it. Yeah. Right. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this caveat in there. You have to decide if it's a bug or a feature. Yes, absolutely. You know, and how much, right? Right, because it has to be at, at the right amount, right? Because right, there's right. times when it's a feature and it can, and it can drift off into bug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just want to make it stop. It's just, yeah, <laughs> you can no never unhear it. Right, and that's what's so hard when you when you've heard it, you can never unhear it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that glass shatters and you'll never put it back together. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Oh awesome. Gosh. Okay. So, Disco, did you have any more questions here for Elsie before we let her go? No, this has been wonderful. Yes. Do you have anything else you want to, to share with us, Elsie? No, I'm good. I think this was great. Yes. Um, and, you know, when it comes to podcasting, I do feel that the act of podcasting is a really powerful or a tool in the classroom. I, yeah. I really do. Even moving away from the technicalities of it with, mm-hmm. you know, RSS feeds and all of that stuff. The act of recording audio and listening to yourself, even just the process of, of moving through that is a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. I wish that I, it took me years to be comfortable listening to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need that. We all need to have the ability to listen to ourselves, to, to really hear the human voice and how it's coming out. Because most of us only hear it as we hear it coming out of our own mouth. I, I don't know how to say yeah. it. You you don't hear it inside of your own ears or however our voices sound yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. It's not the same that no. we hear. Right. So when we hear ourselves, it's a really powerful thing. It's it's looking, being able to look at yourself in the mirror and, and again, be okay with that aspect of yourself as well, particularly for women. You know, yeah. it, it has been, it is a very challenging thing, I feel, for a lot of women more than men to... To be comfortable with the sound of their own voices, whether mm-hmm. it is nurtured, whether it's culture, social, whatever it is, it, there is something about ha- being okay with the sound of your own voice. And also, not just yourself, but society in general, yes. which is, it's really hard. Like, there's a lot of criticism that comes to women's voices because yeah. the expectations of what they're supposed to sound like right. is really only those small lens in which that has been, I, I don't know, out in the world, I guess. And so whenever yeah. a woman's voice doesn't align with what we think they're supposed to be, we immediately yeah. criticize it. I, I remember what? that whole vocal fry thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, think, I was going to say, you think back to, like, it's so ingrained in American culture, the, you know, Paul, well, Paul Coffey's weird, I guess, not just him, but the, but the, the traditional like announcer, mm-hmm. deep voiced man yeah. that that like so many of us grew up with and heard like okay this is what like someone with authority sounds like because that's what I've heard all the time it's yeah. a, it's a complete social construct it has nothing to do with whether or not someone's authoritative or not but when it's been ingrained in you for so many years that you're like oh this this is what this is what an, someone who is an authority on things sounds like Walter Cronkite you know or Dan Rather or all those all those people that had that that had that, Don Pardo from Saturday Night Live, even all that. Where you, Tisco? You're thinking really hard there. I was just realizing that I don't think I've ever heard a movie trailer where the voiceover was done by a woman. 
No. Very hard. There's been a couple that I've seen, but this is something that has been that has been brought to attention. Interestingly enough, you're you're hitting the nail on the head there. It's, there's and it's not at times just that opportunities have not been given. Mm-hmm. It's that when the opportunity is given, society says mm. no. Oh. You know, in addition to, to it. right, and then you when know? the Right. And if yeah. the dollars don't follow it somehow, then, then they won't change, you know? Yeah, they won't. And it's, and that's such a hard thing to be able to advocate for stuff like that. And I forgot what it was. I think I saw a, a documentary about just that. I think there was a woman who was the daughter of, of a real famous voiceover, like announcer person. Right. I think it there was, was not a even a documentary. Like that called In a World. Yes. Yeah. But it was fictional. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's right. It was in a world. I think that that's what it was. And I think, yeah. and that's what she you was know, talking about, how she wasn't going to do in a world. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never hear a woman's voice start, you know, a voiceover that way. No, no. Yeah, oh. but it's, it's, it's crazy how we do that. And even like, I was just thinking about the law and order, you know, how they have the guy mm-hmm. start the voiceover at oh, the yes. beginning of the, all the law and order, like things, yes. the franchises, they always have like. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. In the criminal justice system. In the criminal, yeah, in the criminal justice. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a woman right. read that. Yeah. Or Joe Friday from Dragnet, you know, the whole, the, the, right. the whole thing as well. Yeah. It's, 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 it's everywhere. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my crazy, goodness. Crazy, right? Then other thing that's really, really powerful that you can do besides having kids record and make podcasts is there is a infinite amount of podcasts you could use for learning in your oh, classroom. Yeah. Would you say Whether a it's plethora? A plethora. <laughs> There is a plethora, okay, um, of a, a plethora of podcasts. Let me pop my peas with a plethora of podcasts. It's, it's the podcast about all the things. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But, so whether it's like a topic for history, whether it's, you know, something with science, whether it's short stories being read by my boy LeVar Burton, okay, get him, okay, mm-hmm. so glad he's finally going to be guest hosting on Jeopardy. They better give him that stinking job. Anyway, yes. yep. um, but there are so many things out there that you can say, all right, hey, you don't really like reading? Here's like a 20-minute, you know, reading of a short story that we're all going to listen to and then we're going to break down and we're going to discuss and we're going to talk about all the things that we normally talk about yeah. when we read a short story, whether it be the characters, the theme, and all that. And all of a sudden the kids are like, oh, wow, that was really, really cool. That was much better than this book that I was going to read because there's, there's other things. So that's another way to use podcasting in the classroom, uh, boys and girls. Absolutely, yep, yep. I also think it'd be really helpful and beneficial too to our, our students where English isn't their first language, mm-hmm. you know, and and just hearing that you know their their accent and and hearing that it's okay to listen to a voice with an accent. Yes. Oh my goodness, yeah. And that you can, if they're struggling, they can adjust it to like point five speed to kind of pick up those things. I've been trying to listen to. I'm I'm trying to work on my Spanish, and I've been. Um, you know, listening to a Spanish speaking podcast occasionally on point five speed to kind of like let me pick up a little um some of the words to kind of Aww. go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it can so, it can it can, a it can tip. that's a really good tip. Yeah. 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 Or point eight, I guess not by about point five, point eight. But um but yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. If this podcast is too long for you, listen to it on one point five speed. Just do that. It's how right? I do my show notes too. It's like it cuts yeah. it cuts down our time. My it time cut- I go, show notes one point seven five. Nice. Nice. So <laughs> All righty. So, guys, um, tune into She Podcast. It's it's spelled just like it sounds. Okay, and, and you link just in the show notes. There is a link. There is a link in the show notes. 
And what do you do at Libsyn? Does anyone, like, would anyone who's listening to this want to contact you at Libsyn and do anything? Or is that more like, you just do it for Libsyn, you don't do it for, for podcasting and regular people? I don't really know what you do there, actually. Oh, so. I'm the community manager over there. So I run the, all the social media and all the communication, the front-facing communications when it comes to podcasting and advocacy, basically, for podcasts uh, or podcasting. Yes. And, yes. You know, around the place, talking about podcast. It's all I do all day. Okay. Okay, dokie. Cool. And, and yeah. if somebody had a question for you about podcasting, could they ask you like on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. They can. I mean, I've written a, a series actually in Spanish and in English about how to start a podcast on the Libsyn blog as well. Uh, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Following Libsyn has all of the, in on social, we do publish a lot of the newest, you know, news information, uh, podcasting, relevant podcasting things on that feed. If you want to just kind of be uh, in the know of what's going on in the podcasting space as well. That's a really awesome. just easy thing. If it's if you don't do anything but that, you'll cool. at least be informed. Awesome. 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 All righty. So that's going to wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Elsie, mm-hmm. for coming. You know, like I said, big fans. Just so glad to finally get to meet you in person. So that's one of the joys of being a podcaster as well. You get to meet really cool people all the time. It's quite a thing. It is. It's, a quite, a, it's quite a thing. And as we always say at the end, guys, stay unprofessional. Thanks for listening, Unprofessionals. Please check the show notes for more information about our guests and just funny links for other things. And here's a little sample of next week's episode. So I moved to Newcastle upon Tyne, which is in the north of England. Okay. Might have heard of a rubbish. It's also a famous beer in in, um, America. Yeah. It's a hideous beer. Have you ever drunk it? Um, oh, yeah, I like nope. Newcastle. Yeah, oh, Newcastle. I know a lot of hippies like it. I, I I don't drink anymore, but I know that I know I know that I know the hippies used to like it anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. That's Mister Hippie to you. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to Newcastle and I became the advisor for PE in Newcastle. So that meant that I advised teachers in primary schools and secondary schools how to teach better PE. Okay. And I because it was great. Again, it was focusing on teaching, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and then about two years in, I could see the funding was starting to go, and the things were moving, and the government was putting funding into different projects, and they offered me a job to manage a school support partnership. So I kind of went from being in my happy car, which maybe was a Volkswagen Beetle. There you to, go, yes. To a car that I actually didn't know how to drive. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know You're what kind of Yes. Maybe a, yes. Yeah. So I'd gone from doing everything I enjoyed. I love teaching. I love PE. Into a job where I was managing budgets, managing 17 remote staff. Oof. Uh, data, analysis, nothing to do with teaching PE. Everything I didn't know. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I didn't know how to drive. I didn't know what was doing. Yeah. It's like the Mitch Hedberg joke. So, you work really, really hard to be a cook. And then someone's like, can you farm? This <laughs> is... And, and just to pick on you a little bit, so I'm, I'm sure that the 17 people who you were managing really appreciated your ineptitude at doing your own job. I, I, they thought that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mealy. Thank you. I'm just trying to get a little perspective here. Hey, how about, our, how about our new boss that doesn't know how to do this? Isn't this cool? It was a whole new project, so they'd never been in the job. Ah, okay. Oh, well, then that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yes. I, then you just convince them whatever you're doing is right. Yeah. Well, it was easy because the government was throwing money at us. <laughs> we could 
defend it. So. That's a thing that rarely happens. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. I think it has a lot here actually that we've got this new initiative. Let's throw money at it and see if it works. Um, yeah. So we had so much money, we were constantly buying new tracksuits. And um, <laughs> one Christmas, I said to them, I think we need new phones. And I, I turned up to a team meeting, opened the trunk of my car, and uh-huh. seven, 17 iPhones in there. Yeah, we need a new iPhone. We need to keep in touch. We need to yeah. Spend the money. So, um, wow. so I, yeah, I know, ridiculous amount of money. So I knew. Yeah. When you show up with new iPhones, you're all of a sudden the really cool boss. Yeah. <laughs> cool boss who can't lead, but she buys this nice stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so it kind of changed slightly, and I then got back into training teachers, and, and I did a bit of lecturing at a local college for PE teachers. Um, and I could see that this was never going to last because the money was unsustainable. So already I was thinking, what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also realised that the training that I was doing for teachers 